Welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and joining me on today's episode is Dr. LaToya Valentine. She's held several administration and principal positions over and throughout the state of South Carolina, and now she's taking on a new challenge at a new middle school. And she actually kicks off our conversation today asking me why I'm interested in administration. I thought our conversation flowed pretty well, so we just went ahead and kept the podcast rolling. And she shares a great bit on how she's coaching her new school to build rapport with her parents, her teachers, and her students. I hope you enjoy this episode. So why are you interested in administration? Um, it's weird. I, when I was in college, I studied psychology, actually, but... Me too. Uh, yeah, that's the best major you can have. Yeah, at Carolina. Okay. <laughs> I did all kinds of stuff there, and I was really looking for, like, corporate-type job, district manager, HR manager-type jobs coming out, but I didn't get them, so I studied abroad my last semester of college, and then when I came back, the first job available was... Um, um, as a residence life coordinator. So it was in student affairs. Uh, so I did that for two years. I lived where I worked. It was um, the most amount of pay, the least amount of money. I got to supervise and work with the kids, that the demographic that I wanted to serve. So it was a residential high school with the smartest kids in the state. Oh, okay. The, y'all have a NCGS at, or North Carolina Governor's School for Science and Math. So I worked oh. at South Carolina Governor's School. Um, so it was real cool. I mean, it was a bunch of, it was a very, rich movie, very, very wealthy, very, it was very cool to be there. Um, a, a lot of great experiences. So that was fun. And then I got to do, like, we developed a co-curricular development plan and had the program and all that kind of stuff. But um, then I got into consulting and it really was started with behavior, but um, I mean, it's, and it's still there, but I, I do a lot now with career development with middle school and, and developing high school, like, graduation plan type stuff so it, it's been it's been good um and it's something that god really led me into you know there's really no way around that he, okay. he ordered all my stuff so um shoot, it was an accident if you ask me but um i know i was set up for success okay so yeah that, well how, how about yourself how'd you get into administration what, what are you doing as a principal Right. So um, I went to Carolina undergrad. I studied psychology um, and I absolutely did not want to be a teacher because my mom was in the school system and I did not want to be a teacher. (laughs) But I also at the time did not want to go to graduate school. Doesn't matter because I ended up in graduate school and I ended up being a teacher. Hmm. So I taught special education um, and I got my master's in special education. And then um, while I was in the classroom, I just felt like it was something was missing, that it was more that I could do. Um, and so I applied for the Principal Fellow Scholarship. So that scholarship um, is awarded to people who want to be a principal. You have to stop work and um, go to school full time and you have to do a one year full time internship as an assistant principal. So I did that. Um, and was when I finished my internship, I was offered two positions, um, 
at the two schools that I did my internship at. So they kind of split me between two different schools. Um, I stayed at that one for four years, which was a middle school. Then I wanted a different experience. Um, and so I went to a high school. So I've taught elementary school, I worked in the middle school, and so now I was getting some experience at the high school, just trying to diversify my experience. Mm -hmm. um, so I was there for two years, went to a different high school um, that was an IB school, um, got some experience there. I was there for five years, and then I applied for um, a principalship. Well, so like I know you mentioned Cedar Ridge, I was there for five years. Um, that's where my daughter is now. I love that school. Um, great, great kids. And that's actually like my community school. Um, but wanted the opportunity to be a principal. So applied to different places. I actually drive about an hour and 20 minutes to the position that I'm in now versus you know, the 15 minutes hmm. that I was driving before. But you know, you do those types of things for experience. Um, since I've been here, I've had, um, some really great experiences. The superintendent is very supportive. Um, not any major changes since it's my first year and I'm just getting to know the community and the school and the stakeholders, you know, teachers and so forth. So um, just kind of riding the wave this year. Um, I guess in January, as I've looked at benchmark scores and things like that, we've made some changes um, just for the betterment of the children. Um, I have finished my doctorate since I've been here, so that was exciting to be able to defend my dissertation. Um, so that's what I've been doing so far. And that's kind of what led me into education, even though I didn't want to be a teacher. Um, and so I'm interested in, at some point, I thought about central office positions. Um, I've also thought about teaching at the university level. But I really, really, really like kids. So I really think that if I went to Central Office, I would really miss that aspect of being able to go into classrooms daily, tutoring, going to eat lunch with them, all of those things that I get to do on a daily basis. Mm. Did, did you, um, what do you think you learned about education that you didn't know before you got into it? Hmm. Um, it's definitely not a job that you go into because you want to have the summers off. <laughs> So I know a lot of people have that thought, oh, I'm going to be a teacher so I can be off during the summertime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not what you want to do. It's not that at all. Um, and some people do that because they want to be off when their kids are off, you know, and things like that. So you, you really have to put your heart in teaching because, you know, I've read somewhere someone um, what you call the weekend, I call a two-day planning, you know, because <laughs> Spend that whole time planning, you're getting ready for the kids, you know, hopefully you're getting um, things together for to be interactive. We newly have devices this year um, where each child has a device now. And so you got to come up, you know, you have to know how to use um, the technology that you're given. You can't just be like, here, go on the internet and find whatever you want to find. But how do you get that heart as a, as a teacher? How do you... Can, they, can you learn that? Can somebody learn to have a heart like that, to have a two-day planning period? Um, you know, what, how do you develop that? Um, I definitely think time and coaching. 
Um, so when you think that that's why you're you're coming into teaching, you're kind of going to learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. So um, if you think that it's you know you're in, you're going to give them some worksheets, and then you're going to go home and have you know your eight to three and be able to go home and relax. Um, and then have your whole weekend and your whole summer, it's really not going to work out that way for you because mm -hmm. you're going to realize that in order to move your students, you're going to have to put in the work. Um, so we do, we do try coaching. So when I do my faculty meetings, I always try to put in, like my whole goal for the entire year was building rapport. Mm -hmm. So it's building rapport with the students, building rapport with the teachers, building rapport with the community and the parents. Because um, they didn't know me and I didn't know them. So spending this year to get to know them. And I think that they've learned a lot. Um, sometimes when people get a new principal, it's, oh, you know, we have somebody new coming in. She'll be gone soon. Mm -hmm. you know, but I didn't want them to have that mindset. I actually wanted them to be excited because I was excited. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I need you to greet the students at the door. And of course, sometimes I get the arrows, oh, something else I have to do. But I'm just like, I don't think you understand that really standing at your door while they're coming in and saying good morning, giving them a fist bump really makes a difference. Like you're having the opportunity to connect with the child. Did you have a good night? Did you get all your homework done? You know, I'm standing at the front door in the mornings and just saying good morning, good morning. You know, did you watch the game last night? How was your game? You know, you did a great job you know, on your three-pointers last night or, you know, whatever. But I try to find something to say to each and every child so they know that I've taken a vested interest in them as a person. And then when I come to them and I say, I really need you to work hard. I really need you to get your homework done. I really need you to behave. They're like, oh, you know, Dr. Valentine cares. She pays attention. You know, she knows my big sister. She knows I did good in the game. She'll call my mom, you know, and so they have a best interest in doing better. Hmm. Hmm. So how do you how do you coach that and how do you build that as an organization um, from the top? It sounds like you start with doing it yourself. How do you yes. how do you find coaches? Like what role does the coach play and how do they um, work to implement those skills or, or um, develop those skills in the heart of a teacher? Okay. So I started off by coming up with a theme for the year. So our theme this year was um, BMS on the road to success. Hmm. So I encourage the teachers to like make bulletin boards, decorate their doors, you know, their Twitter accounts, whatever, to um, show that they were in support of us being on the road to success. Um, so I've given them a lot of ideas. When we have faculty meetings, you know, we talk about um, different things that they can incorporate in their classroom, like them standing at the door, like um, giving affirmations. So we've like challenged them, you know, give five kids um, affirmation every single day. You know, out of the hundred kids you teach, if you can't find five affirmations to give, five kids every day is something wrong mm -hmm. um, and so let us give you some ideas so the same things we expect out of the teachers then we do for the teachers so we give me and my administrative staff we will give them affirmations 
you know, we will give them prizes. Um, we do this thing called pineapple and where, you know, we are welcoming each other into classrooms. So, um, say if you're on planning, instead of just staying in your room, you know, we invite you to go to the other classrooms. And when you go and observe a classroom, your name goes into a drawing um, for gift certificates. So just things like that to encourage them to visit other classrooms, to see what other teachers are going, um, are doing, and, you know, giving them ideas because they have to, you, you have to show them what to do. And so as we're doing those things with them, we will see them in turn do the same things with hmm. the children. Okay. So, so, in essence, you are the coach. Yes. That that's that's wonderful because I I think you know, um, and I'm, I'm I've got to write this down. That's good. Um, you you are the coach, and and I was initially when you said coaching, you know, I thought about it in um, the team sense. You know, you got a coach that comes in and he works. Oh no three and four teachers and does this, but you're talking about the whole organization um, being coached, you know, to go right. in direction. Um, and, and you're right. I, I love that trickle down effect. It's so easy. Um, I, I was uh, working with the school the other day, um, the PD Math Science and Technology Academy in Bishopville. And um, I was leading an assembly with all 180 kids, but I forgot to set the expectation before the assembly started. And right. Got real rowdy. Um, mm -hmm. So this past week, I, I led the same assembly and led the, set the expectation before it started, and, and there was no issue. So it's yeah. funny because those are the same types of things that I coach, but um, I'll forget to do them myself. So mm -hmm. you have to have that coaching coming from above you to understand to catch that. You know, so working with people that um, acknowledge you and, and, and catch those things and, and do stuff like that. Um, those are helpful. So that's cool. Where did you get that mindset? Where did that training style kind of come from or, or leadership style? Um, I think some of it came from, like I said before, my mom was in education. So watching her and watching her build rapport with students and even, you know, kids coming to me and saying, you know, 30 years later, your mom was the best teacher ever. She's my favorite. I love her. And, you know, seeing her interact with children. Um, I think it started there, but for me, I guess the turning point and not to like try to plug anybody else, but I per, um, personally, I went to a training, um, mm. that was called capturing kids hearts. Mm. And so that was actually like, Oh, this makes sense. Like if you do this, then this will happen. And mm. it kind of went right along with my personality. And so it was very easy for me to implement what I had learned in that training into the classroom and then now as a principal. So as a principal, I've actually sent my counselor, my assistant principal to that same training, you know, and each year I want to try to um, and have them come back and, you know, present what they've learned. So hopefully we can get more teachers to show an interest mm -hmm. in being able to do that. Um, you might, may have seen the video. I know the guy, he was like on Ellen and, um, on Good Morning America, the teacher where he was um, meeting, greeting all his students at the door and giving them separate handshakes. Mm -hmm. uh, again, North Carolina teacher. Um, so, you know, showing them that clip and saying, this is North Carolina, this is right around the corner from you. You know, he knows how important it is to build relationships. Mm. Um, and I just, I just really think that that's the 
core to being able to do it. I think mm. if you have their hearts, then you can get their minds. Mm. Mm. So you, what about um, baggage or blind spots that teachers have? How do you keep them from taking that into the classroom? Any, any stresses and anxiety and, and worries from home, how do you get them to leave that at home or in the car and, and not in the classroom with their kids? So that's, I think that's still a work in progress. <laughs> uh, you know, I've only been here for like seven months, seven, eight mm. months. So it is a work in progress, but I think it's important that I will call them out on it. Um, mm. And I'll have personal conversations and um, I'm not afraid to have a crucial conversation with somebody. And so saying, look, I understand that you had a bad morning. I have bad mornings too, but you can't take it out on these kids. So if you need 10 minutes, I'll come cover your class. I'll have one assistant principals cover your class, but you cannot take it out on these kids. Mm -hmm. um, so they can just have a minute to kind of get themselves together. Um, I've had, I've said, look, if you need to go home, I'll call on the sub, but we can't <laughs> take it out on the kids. Right. Uh, and giving them an opportunity to be able to vent, um, but also, you know, I try to do special things for them too, so they don't feel like they're just working all the time and not getting anything. Like I want this to be, we spend so much time at work that I want it to be a place where they, um, you know, it's like a second home. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Is there, um, is there any tools that they use to help keep the kids in class or to, you know, maybe not deal with their baggage or blind spots, but, um, when the student disrupts class or, um, you know, you, you can't teach, do they have strategies to help um, keep get, redirect the student, restore the student, um, or refocus the student? Mm -hmm. So they, they will try to refocus. If they can't refocus, um, they can bounce the student to another classroom. So mm -hmm. normally, like my science is, say it's two or three science teachers. Um, the science teacher will bounce a student to the other science class, and that way they're still hearing the material because they're basically mm. they're, they're covering the same material. Wow. You know, the same, even though their lessons may be different, it's the same concepts, the same um, yeah. standards. And mm. so even if they have to go to a different classroom, you know, they that teacher is able to assist them with their work. And if the teacher is direct teaching, they're still hearing the same thing. Hmm. Um, so that's one thing that we use quite often. You know, of course, we have, you know, a discipline matrix. You know, if they have ISS consequences, calling parents, you know, things like that. But we um, we try to give them a lot of things to use, a lot of tools to use in the classroom before they have to remove a student mm -hmm. from the classroom. Because mm -hmm. if they're not in the classroom, they can't teach them and they're not going to learn anything. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's that's exactly what I say. You know, you if, if, when the student leaves the classroom, everybody loses. Yes. That kid ain't learning. You're not teaching, and administration ends up babysitting. Yes. Um, that's that's how it ends up. So, um, no, that's that's great. That's wonderful. That you know, that's important to you. Do you feel like um, your teachers and, and your staff follow the discipline matrix, or, or um, you know, do do their part to keep the kids in class? I think they need reminders. Sometimes, um, you know, I think that they are great staff, but I think they need reminders because it's easy for me to say, sitting up here at my big, at my big desk, you know, 
you know, you keep them in class, but they're the ones that are down there in the trenches. They're in the classrooms with them. And I can understand that, you know, kids really rub you the wrong way sometimes. So I'm not asking them to be, you know, holier than thou. They're still people. Right. right. You know, people, kids will get under your skin sometimes. So I just try to be supportive. <laughs> if they actually pick up the phone and call me and they're like, can you come get them? Then, you know, of course, I'm going to go and get them. Right. Uh, because they they're still human, <laughs> and kids are kids. Right. And they're they're gonna be children, and they're gonna say inappropriate things and do inappropriate things and misbehave. Mm-hmm. So um, you just have to correct it and continue to let them know what the expectations are, um, and then hopefully, you know, after some coaching with them, getting them back in the classroom so they're ready to go. Yeah. What are some of your um your expectations or your, um, yeah, your, what are some of your expectations at the school or like school-wide, you know, behavior, beliefs and stuff? Okay, so we do follow the PBIS. Um, so we have a matrix and we have like a list of our expected behaviors in the cafeteria, in the bathrooms, in the hallways, you know, everywhere, you know, generally, you know, keeping your hands to yourselves, you know, not being disrespectful to adults in the building. Um, those are just the general ones. So, I mean, no unusual rules or expectations. Um, and we express those. It's on, of course, it's on our website. You know, we bring parents in at the beginning of the year and review it with them. Um, we send home our PBIS, you know, PowerPoint with, our, with everything on it. Um, so that everybody is aware um, of what the expectations are. And then again, in the beginning of the school year, we review it. And also, um, we reviewed it at the the beginning of the semester again. I had, um, I guess you could say, a sin list with each grade level to review those same expectations again. So it's like, you know, they continue to hear the same expectations. Look, you guys know how you're supposed to behave. You're supposed to be learning. You know, I shouldn't be seeing you do this, this, and this. Um, so hopefully they will continue to um, believe in those expectations because they will get greater um, output. Mm-hmm. And then your teachers can apply those same standards in the classroom. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how, how many kids do you think leave leave class a day? Oh, uh, like last week was a bad week for us. You know, I had on Monday I had like seventy kids absent, and then like thirty kids check out. Wow! Um, because they were sick. So you know, last week was a little bit different. You know, this week has been better. Um, I guess mm-hmm. with the was running rampant so it was maybe like five kids up here today who were sick had headaches stomach aches um sore throats things like that and um i didn't have any teachers call about students today but we did call a few kids up um for investigations or because they had um submitted a discipline referral on them normally talk to them and then send them back to class yeah so you got your evidence oh yeah i'm 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 a firm believer you know what somebody asked me um what what do you do when you got a kid in your office right now you know and and my first question is where's the evidence like that 
did, did the kid do something or not? Like I shouldn't have to hear his version and your version, whatever else. There should be a documentation of his behavior today and a yeah. documentation of his behavior over time. If you're gonna send them to my office, you, you, you gotta prove it. You know, it's just like your grades. You gotta be able to justify what these kids are learning. Like you don't just, you, you gotta assess it. So, um, you know, I feel like a lot of times, well, and, and it's, of course, there's other situations when the teacher just don't wanna deal with the kid anymore and you send them on up there and doesn't have anything, but you got to send them back. You know, if you, if you want a consequence, there has to be evidence of what happened over time. And we also, before they, um, before we'll even see a kid, the student has, I mean, the teacher has to have made contact with the parent. So if they write a child up, they have to communicate with the parent and let the parent know that they've written that child up and that they, that we will be seeing, one of the administrators will be seeing them. So it's not just, um, the first call a parent get cannot come from administration. Mm. It has to come from a teacher first or, you know, someone who witnessed the behavior. Yeah, so it puts the accountability back on them. You know, so if, if they see the behavior and the parent asks questions, I wasn't in there, so I can't answer the parent's questions. Mm -hmm. You know, so they have to be able to answer those parents' questions. So by the time I call them and say, okay, you know, I've seen them for this, this was the first incident. This was the third incident. You know, these are the consequences. You know, the parents are like, yeah, Miss Such and Such called me. You know, I knew I would be hearing from you soon. Things like that. So mm -hmm. it's not a surprise, and they know that it's coming. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, you feel like everybody's bought in already? Um, I think I do a lot of walkthroughs, so I think that. Um, they may get tired of seeing me sometimes, <laughs> but I have to make sure that the instructional piece is there. And the only way I can make sure the instructional piece is there is if I'm there in the classrooms. Mm. Okay. So I know some teachers like to teach in isolation. They won't, you know, they'll get their mandated observation and then they don't expect to see you again until the next observation time. But mm. uh, that's not my leadership style. I want the teachers and the kids to see me every day if not several times a day at least once a day that's good why is that important for the just i mean i can i'm i can see it in my head you know and explain it but why why is that important for this kids to see you every day and you to see you know the teachers often in the classroom because that's that's good that's another level of accountability and expectation yeah i mean visibility is important like they need i think they need to know who i am um I remember being younger and having a principal that had never even seen the person before. I was like, I don't know who that is. So they were like, that's your principal. I was like, oh. Because, you know, I never got in trouble, so I didn't know anything about the principal. They, I didn't really see them in the classrooms. And so, you know, I want them to, if they see me, you know, say, hey, hey, Dr. Valentine, I'm going to speak to them. They're going to speak to me. Um, and as far as the teachers are concerned, you know, make sure that um, – they know that they can't just stick in a movie. You know, like I remember sometimes people just sticking in movies. They can't just do that or just tell them to, you know, go look at videos on YouTube or anything because they never know when I'm going to show up and I go at different times. Um, and that keeps them accountable so that they're teaching the students. Right. And not just teaching them anything, but actually teaching the curriculum because I'm in there enough to know that if you were doing um, – 
the Grapes of Wrath, you know, two weeks ago, and I'm in your classroom, and it's three months later, you shouldn't still be working on that same book, you know, and so I can, you know, when I see the kids, I can ask them, what chapter are you on, what part are you guys on now, and things like that, and um, I can kind of keep up with it a little bit. Yeah. How long do you stay in class when you go? When I do walkthroughs, three to five minutes, um, I'm just checking to see if the I call the I can statements are up there mm -hmm. or the essential questions. Um, just looking at what that particular activity is that they're doing right then. And then I go at different times. So sometimes it's the beginning of class, sometimes it's the middle of class, sometimes it's the end of class. Um, so just just looking for um, what kind of engagement is going on, looking for classroom management, um, and just you know checking out the different types of instruction that are going on. And sometimes mm -hmm. I see great stuff, so then I ask those teachers to present at our faculty meetings, you know, so other teachers can see them. Or I may send out an email that says, "Miss Such and Such is doing a great activity. Stop by doing your planning today." Um, so just. Just being in there so we can share ideas because, you know, in education, we don't reinvent the wheel. <laughs> you know, if somebody's doing something great, we want, want them to share it so that um, others can try it and see if it works for them. Right, right. Mm. That's good. That's that's pretty impressive. That's, that's exciting for Bun Middle School. So they're very blessed to have run into you. Thank you. <laughs> Is there anything, shoot, I, I think we're, we're ready to sign off here at any moment in time. I think this was a phenomenal conversation from start to finish. Um, yeah, I, I could tell you have a heart for what you do. I, I got lost in time for a minute. So that, that was very good. Thank you so much. How can, um, how can someone contact you or find you when they hear this episode? Oh, okay. So they can find me at Latoya Valentine. It's L-A-T-O-I-A -A, Valentine, just like the holiday, at fcschools.net. All right. That sounds good to me. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I know I learned a lot and enjoyed the conversation. I got, I got a few notes here. Um, that I can't read really. Cat, you know, Catherine Kids Hearts, I've heard that before. Um, follow the matrix, you know, you need evidence. And, and stuff needs to be visual. You know, when I walk into your classroom, if I don't know what you're teaching, they probably don't know what you're teaching. So exactly. make those things visual. So it's real clear. Cause you know they're gonna forget cause you forget. Um, yeah. So that's good. Um, if you're listening right now or, or know a principal that's or a, a guidance counselor or assistant principal that needs to hear this episode, please share it with them and, and go find Dr. Valentine um, on her email. So I thank you so much for listening, listening this week, and we'll see you next time on The Dash.